from the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson. And I'm Kyle Wenzel. And we're excited to have you guys back for another week. And there's a lot of stuff coming up. We've got our Thinking Out Loud podcast party that's actually happening on October 16th. And so if you're listening to this and you got invite, we want to make sure that you respond to that invite. And then also, if you are a listener out there and you want to be a part of this, Say you live in the Michigan area, maybe you're in Indiana, Ohio, some of the surrounding areas, and you're wanting to go. It's just going to be an awesome night out. Uh, We're going to have dinner. We're going to have prizes. And then we're going to do a live podcast with a live audience. We'll interact with you guys during the podcast. I think it's going to be awesome. Just an awesome night. There will be merch there for the very first time. You'll be able to, you know, maybe win some merch and stuff like that. And so we'd love to have some of our listeners out. We have limited capacity. So if this is something that you want to be a part of, we want you to email us at thinkingoutloudpodcast20. So thinkingoutloudpodcast20 at gmail.com. So just email us there. Just let us know that you want to come and then we will get you the information that you need. It's going to be at five o'clock on October the 16th, which is a Saturday. We are crazy excited. If you live in another state or another country listening to us, those of you that are, just know that this will be this. The recording that we do that night will be available as one of the episodes. So you will still be able to hear it, but I think it would be pretty cool if you were actually able to be there in the audience with us. We're just going to have a great, great time. And so uh, we want to talk about that. We also just want to say, if you are on an Apple device, why don't you scroll all the way down right now and just give us, write and review us or any other app that you listen to this show on. If they have an area where you can rate us or leave a review, please do so. Don't forget to subscribe. Also, don't forget to share these episodes with your family, your friends, post them on Facebook, and then follow us on our social media. We just want more interaction from all of the many people that are out there listening to us. And, you know, again, if you guys want us to, there's certain episodes and things that you want, things you want us to talk about, certain topics that you want, let us know. And we will talk about those topics. Same thing if you want certain guests on. You say, man, man, it would be really cool if you guys had this guest on. Let us know who it is and we'll do our best to get that person on the show. And so, but yeah, so today we're going to talk about something (laughs) slightly controversial. I mean, you probably hear that almost every other show. Um, but it's something that is hotly debated in Christian circles, but also in secular non-Christian circles. And we're going to talk about the, the idea of pastors being paid, talking about, you know, should pastors be rich? What does the Bible say about, you know, even us as Christians, you know, does the Bible say, you know, that, you know, he promised us riches, you know, what about the people who believe that pastors should take a vow of poverty, right? You you just hear a lot of different things. And I know for a fact, for me, a lot of times when I talk to non-Christians is they say things like, and you may be a non-Christian listening, and I hope you are, because, you know, our desire is to help you understand how we as Christians think, how we should think, what the Bible actually says as opposed to the things that you hear just in your everyday life. Because a lot of the stuff that you hear does not represent the church accurately. You know, you hear all kinds of stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, and I I just want to kind of join in here and just let you know, like, it's with everything. We see 
you're going to see celebrities in certain genres. You're going to see celebrity pastors. That doesn't yep. mean the whole church is that way, but it does raise the question for the believer and the non-believer about pastors and salary because there is this stigma around that whole discussion. And so I, I'm excited to get into this discussion today coming from a pastor currently and Kevin who's held that office and I still call him Bishop. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, Bishop, it- Rev Kev, you know, whatever you want <laughs> Oh boy. (laughs) But we, and I, yeah, and you brought up that point. I wasn't even my notes, but that's a very good point to to bring up is that, you know, you might want to listen to us on this one because we've both been in this space, right? And so Kyle's been in the ministry. How long have you been in the ministry, Kyle? Well, eight years. I broke up with the ministry for two. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But yeah, technically, technically 10, but eight. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I've been in ministry for many years. So when we talk about these things, it's stuff that we've lived. And I think we'll probably share some personal experience, a little bit of that here as well. Yeah. Because it's just, again, we want to make sure when we talk about these type of things and we talk about wealth as it has to do with the church and, and we all see the televangelists with their fancy suits and cars and, you know, they, they have their big king's chairs on television and all of that. You just kind of look at that and you just go, like, I just can't be a Christian. Or if that's what Christianity is, I don't want to have any part of that, right? And so we have to ask ourselves, is that is that what Christianity really is? Is that a right representation of Christianity? And I think there's a discussion to have here on all of that. And so, you know, in most people, I would say, come from two different extremes, you know, and it hurts me, hurts me when people say to me things like, hey, well, I, you know, I just don't go to church because, you know, all they want, all they care about is your money. Like, I hate that. Like, now, are there some churches out there that are like that? Absolutely, they are, right? There are. But the vast majority of churches exist to help the community and help the community understand Christ and bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That mm-hmm. is what the vast majority of it. But just like in anything else, there's some bad apples. There are people who misrepresent the gospel. They misinterpret the gospel. They, they don't, as, as Timothy was told to rightly divide the word, they don't do that, right? They take the word and they use it to their own benefit. And that is not what we as Christians should do. And so our desire is to always be good stewards of the word of God. When it comes to this podcast, I want you to be able to trust that the things that we say, and it doesn't mean we're perfect, doesn't mean we're going to have everything right, but I want you to be able to know that we are being good stewards of the word, right? Because that's the, that is the best most accurate thing that we have to live our lives as it was intended by God. And so I think we we need to look at the two extremes here. One of the extremes is, and I didn't, I didn't grab this. um, I need to grab this scripture. Um, But one of the two extremes is that pastors should take a vow of poverty, right? So if, if you're a pastor, you should not make pretty much any more money than is absolutely necessary, not a penny over, what is absolutely necessary for you to live. And there should be no extras. There should be no luxuries. Because if you decided to be a pastor, you decided to give your life to the ministry and helping other people and not, quote, helping yourself, which I would say you know, if you're in a ministry and you're in it for the money, you're in the wrong industry <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because it's just not there, right? But by the same token, we have to look at that extreme and say, are pastors supposed to take a vow of, of poverty? And when we look at scripture, so I, I want us to look at 1 Timothy 5 and verse 17. And I, I think this scripture is really important when we start talking about this, all right? And while you're, and while you're looking for that, yep. I just, I, you know, I, I told you off the air, but I had a friend tell me before that, listen, he didn't get into ministry to be rich, but he certainly didn't get into it to be broke either. 
I mean, you have to be a good steward of life in general, including mm-hmm. finances. And part of that is, unfortunately, for those that don't think we should, as pastors, we should, we should be able to support our family and then some. There's a part of building a savings and being able to... So yeah, we're not looking to be sick. You know, I, I hope one day I can retire early because of the finances I make. I mean, that would be awesome. But that's not why you get into ministry. And the yeah. same token, though, I didn't say, hey, I'm going to be poor the rest of my life because I want to do ministry either. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I just feel like there's also that stigma around it where it's just understood that pastors are supposed to live this hardship life financially. And I just, I just don't see that supported. Right. And, and I would ask, I, you know, and if, if you have that view, if you're a listener out there and you have that view or you know somebody in your family that has that view, just ask yourself why. There are all types of jobs that you can have. And one of them is mm-hmm. the special call of being a minister of the gospel or a pastor, right? Why? Ask yourself why. And I'm not, listen, it, you'll understand we have a very balanced stance on this and we don't get us wrong. We are going to address the gross negligence of some when it comes to this. So, so, you know, but ask yourself why this profession more than any other profession, why does this profession get demonized for having more than just enough to get by? Right. You wouldn't say that about any other profession at all. Well, and I think most professions don't understand the balance between sacrifice and freedom, mm. personally. And so I think people assume because in this profession, profession, because the pastor has a new vehicle or the pastor's wearing a certain type of attire or taking a certain types of vacations or whatever it is, that all of a sudden they're receiving more than they're giving because this role is a giving role. You yeah. give your time, your emotions, your finances. I mean, you give, you sacrifice to have this type of role. And I think it's just assumed that we're sacrificing less because we do certain things. And as a pastor, I've felt like after purchases or after doing certain things that I didn't want to post on social media because nobody understood what it took for me to be able to afford that trip or afford that thing. And I don't expect them to understand that. But because people just assume the worst out of somebody, it's made me and I'm sure other pastors fearful of posting about certain excitements in our lives. So, Yeah. I, you know, it's really funny, Kyle, and this is just a, a short thing. But I remember when I first took over as senior pastor, I bought an, an SUV. And if I'm not mistaken, at the time I bought this SUV, this SUV was, I don't know, seven to 10 years old. Okay. Now mm-hmm. it was very nice. It looked yeah. nice. And I, I don't know if you would consider it a luxury. It wasn't a Cadillac or anything like that. Just a regular like SUV, but it was it, whoever had it before we bought it, kept it up really nice. Took care of it. Yeah. Yeah. They took care of it. And I will never forget shortly after I became senior pastor, which was absolutely horrible timing. Yeah. Uh, I drive up to the church in this SUV and I remember somebody coming out and going, man, sure is nice. I wish I, uh, how that's what I'm hoping to get one day. And inside it made me feel bad because I'm thinking this person probably thinks that this is, I don't know, the brand new, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, year they thought it was. And, but I wasn't going to sit there and explain to them that this thing is not, and I, maybe I did, I can't remember, it's been a while, but it, you know, I don't feel the need to sit there and explain to you that this is not even a brand new vehicle. This vehicle is many years old, and whoever had it before just took care of it, right? Like, it's, it's but there's this stigma, this stigma around it, and you know what? Rightfully so in some instances, because of some of the, the negligence that people see. So, and I think that's just what we want to talk about today. But I think first we have to ask the question, are pastors biblically supposed to take a vow of poverty, right? So let's look at what the scripture actually says in 1 Timothy 5, 17 through 18, okay? And I'm going to do this from the New Living Translation. You can look at it, NIV, whatever. But the New Living Translation says, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. So let's go to verse 18. 
It says, for the scripture says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. It even has an exclamation point Mm -hmm. there, right? And so this scripture alone demolishes the argument that pastors should not be paid. One. And it also demolishes the argument that pastors shouldn't be paid well, because the scripture literally says elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Mm -hmm. You ask yourself, what does your pastor do? He preaches, he teaches. But there's also many other things that your pastor does. I was just talking to somebody recently, and they said to me, well, I just don't understand. You know, when when somebody says I'm a full-time pastor, what are they doing all day? And I kind of chuckled inside thinking, oh, boy. You know, like, you know, and, and depending on how big your church is, right? So if you have a bigger church, you're going to have, you have more responsibility, right? Because you have more people, you, that, that means more issues can come up. You've got more staff that you have to manage and, and disciple and all of that. You've got outreaches. You sit on boards sometimes for your specific denomination. There are, there are, you know, you're, as a pastor, you're constantly on call. There is no off day for you, right? You've got people who sometimes you have to go and pray for someone because they're sick in the hospital. It could be, you know, wee hours of the morning, right? You know, I remember being up at two, three o'clock in the morning with, you know, wives of husbands who were, who had alcohol abuse and all kinds of things, you know, counseling through, trying to get them through the night, helping them to understand that it's not always going to be this way. And, you know, I mean, there's so much that you do as a pastor. And so I look at that and I would say, you know, the scripture is very clear that pastors should be paid well for what they do. Now, the other question, the other extreme, so the one extreme is pastors should take a vow of poverty. The other extreme is God has called all pastors to be rich, which is, <laughs> you, 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 I guess you would have to go to, is it biblical that God has called all people, let's just take pastors out of it, all people to be rich? Is that biblically, is that, is that scripture? I would say no. There's yeah, nowhere you're no. going to, there's nowhere you're going to find it. Go ahead. I just want to see what you're going to say first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> there is nowhere in scripture that you're going to find that the Bible says that a person is going to be wealthy or should, or, you know, because here's the thing. Ask yourself, you know, because Christianity, and we've said this before, if you preach the gospel, your gospel has to travel to every nation and every people. If your gospel doesn't travel, it is not the gospel at all. So if you say that the Bible says it is God's will for everybody to be rich, then that means that when you go to Africa and you visit the slums in Africa, The gospel for them is that God has called them to be rich. These are people that don't have two pennies to rub together, but yet you are preaching them a gospel that says God is commanding them to be rich, right? And it just doesn't work. The Bible says literally that the poor, or Jesus said, Jesus said in the New Testament, the poor you will always have with you, right? So, you know, it it literally is Mark 14 and 7. He says, the poor you will always have with you. And so, you know, how can Jesus say that the poor you always have with you, but then in another breath say that he, it is his desire that everyone be rich? Yeah. I mean, the the Bible covers money more than majority of the topics you're going to hear us talk about. And I would think that in there, you would hear something or read something specifically about being rich. And so I think that it's clear, it's a clear case in the Bible where, you know, being rich isn't a sin, right? But being rich also isn't a prerequisite for being a believer in Christ either. So you got to understand that there's going to be different walks of life and different avenues in which you can financially gain, but it's going to, and you're going to hear us talk about this, it's going to determine your heart and 
It's going to determine your ability to sacrifice as well as find freedom. It can't be one or the other because it's just not healthy for humankind. And the Bible's very clear. Is it's not the money that's the sin. It's the love of money that is the root of many sins. Yes. Um, and so, uh, and the, the word many, I mean, that's a big deal. Your desire to be rich can cause you to sin in other ways. And so, but being rich itself or being wealthy itself isn't a sin unless the root of your wealth has caused you to sin. Right. In which some cases, pastors have done that. So we're yeah. going to talk about that. But, right. But, but in some cases, pastors haven't. Yeah. And, and they have honestly made a wealthy living. And I just think as a pastor, there's got to come a time where we stop policing pastors on absolutely everything. And we allow them to do the job that they do. And like Kevin said, be rewarded in a way that they're honorably rewarded. And they honor God in that way. Yeah. Uh, it can happen. Trust me. And so. Kyle made reference to a scripture, and I, I want to make sure, because when we, when we quote scripture, I want to make sure that you guys un- know exactly where it's found um, so that you can look it up for yourself. But one of the you know, misquoted scriptures is First, First Timothy 6 and 10, and it says, for the love of money is a root, yeah. is a root of all kinds of evil. Some yeah. people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Okay, so if you notice here, the scripture actually says it's the love of money. So people a lot of times misquote that scripture and it says, well, the Bible says that that money is the root of all evil. That is not what the scripture says. The scripture says the love of money. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Right. And so, you know, and he and, and Jesus, Jesus encouraged us to store up treasure in heaven. And so if you are stewarding your money right. And if you're, if, if you, if you're saying that my first love is Christ, my first love is my family, my first love is the word of God and and being, and and, in being the person God's called me to be, then money comes secondary to all of those things. And it's, it's about your, your heart posture. You know, so, you know, if you love money more than you love God, that's a problem. It's an idol. (laughs) Right. It's an idol. And so you shouldn't love anything, including your husband or your wife, more than you love God. That's just, you know, so so I just wanted to make sure that you guys really get that scripture, you know, First Timothy 6 and 10, because it's very important that you read it for yourself and read words mean something. And so when it says the love of money and not for money is a root of all evil, love there, it means something. And it changes the whole meaning of that scripture because it's not demonizing money in and of itself. Right. Right. And so it kind of brings us to, so there's a, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there's an Instagram account. They got very popular in 2019. Ben Kirby, who we didn't know who he was until just recently. He made himself anonymous. Uh, he, He went under a different name, but he was behind the account, the Instagram account, Preachers and sneakers. And basically, he started, he's a sneakerhead himself, which means he loves like really cool shoes. And he started watching, he was on YouTube and he was watching some videos from some prominent churches. Uh, I'm not going to even name the churches, it's not necessary. But he was just, he was, he was watching some YouTube videos and he saw some of the worship leaders wearing some shoes that he's like, wow, like, man. I wish I could afford those because he loves sneakers. And he's like, man, there's no way I could afford those. And so he just simply put up, a, a, like the, I think it was five pictures of three different worship leaders or four different worship leaders that had some, some, some expensive shoes on. And he just basically said, you know, and I can't remember the exact, I should have looked it up, his exact words, but it was something to the effect of, wow, what are they paying these guys that they can afford? And whatever shoe it was, right? And so what he's done since then, so he only had a few hundred followers. Now he has close to 270,000 followers on Instagram. He's probably going to have more now that we're, we're saying uh. something about it. Uh, <laughs> but 
what he does is he just he just watches TV, he watches the you you know YouTube, and he just he he takes the pictures of of pastors and musicians that are that are in church. And just takes a picture of their shoes or their belt or their clothes or their sweater or whatever they're wearing and puts the value of that, the street value on Instagram. Okay. And so what it's done is it's stirred up a lot of controversy because you have pastors like Judah Smith or some of the other pastors. I can't remember some of their names right now. Stephen Furtick. Some of these these big name guys that have massive mm-hmm. uh, crowds and they're influencers on on social media and, and and authors of books and all kinds of things, and he started snapping pictures of these guys and saying, "Wow, look at what these guys are wearing!" And of course, so what did that do? That ended up making people who already are like, "Yep, that's why I don't give my money to the church because they're all out there using my money to buy sneakers and and watches and jewelry and whatever." You know, that's why I don't go to the church. So it enforced that belief. And then it divided the church because now the church is saying, you know, well, why, you know, why are you talking about my pastor? Why? You know, I love him. He's anointed. He deserves it. Then you have the other crowd who goes, well, God has called us to be rich. So if, if those people are wearing those things, then that means that God is blessing them and that God is favors on their life. And, you know, all of the wealth that these people have is tied to the blessing of God, right? And so you have people in the church who are who are just incensed by it as well, going, I can't believe he's wearing a, a $1,000 watch. I can't believe T.D. Jakes is wearing a $2,000 sweatshirt, right? Whatever the case may be. And you look at these things and you have to, you, you have to sit back as a Christian. You have to ask yourself, one, when we went through that, should pastors be poor? We saw biblically that that's not true, right? Has God called all people to be rich? No, we saw that biblically as well. The Bible says the poor you're going to always have with you. So there is never going to be a time on planet earth where everyone's going to be rich, whether they're saved or not saved. It's not going to happen. Okay. Then we have to look at it, but we have to look at it from this point of view. And Kyle, I think this is where we we have to really figure this out. So are we being wise? If I'm a pastor, and I have a church of 20,000 people, and I have a salary of, I, I don't even, I'm not going to even say, but I, I have a salary of whatever, okay? Enough for me to buy a brand new Corvette or mm-hmm. a, a Ferrari or a Tesla or, I don't know, something that people think is amazing, right? I, I ask, I, my question is, is it wise for a pastor to have those things? knowing how people look at things like that. Well, um, (laughs) there's a a Bible verse. Paul talks about seeking the approval of man. Yeah. I would think this falls in that category, and here's why. If I'm a pastor, based off of my salary, I'm going to budget my life. I am a pastor, and based off my salary, I budget my life. If I can make purchases within that budget and still be a good steward of my money in the way that God would want me to do it, and that means giving, yep. that means both the tithe to the church and, and offering and offering and giving to the poor and being able to help out in various ways, there's no problem with that. And, yep. and I guess that's my beef because, listen, I'll be the first person to say that, and we're going to talk about it, that pastor probably doesn't need a private jet, right? Like, I'll be mm-hmm. the first person to say that, but I'm also going to be the first person to say, it's still not my room to judge what that pastor does with his money because I don't know his budget. Right. And I don't know what he's still able to do that can and will honor God. Mm-hmm. And so, so, I just think that we have to be careful as individuals. I mean... Listen, we can check others, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but as individuals, we got to be careful when we judge somebody based off of material and purposes. And then as a pastor, like I said, I've been afraid to post before. Why? Because I'm afraid of man. I'm afraid of what people think about me. Well, now I'm falling under the, the line of, well, I'm more concerned on what people actually think about me than I should be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just think that the, the, the honest answer is, well... Is he being a good steward of his money? Because that's what God asks. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very clear in the Bible that though there's no rebuke of the wealthy, there is a fair warning of stewardship and yeah. there is a fair warning of sharing and there's mm-hmm. a fair warning of giving back to those that need. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a fine line there and you got to be able to do both. Yeah. I, you know, I was always taught, my mom always taught me, don't, don't count somebody else's money. And I've tried to live that life because I don't like when people do it to me, right? You have no idea. And, and this is what happens when we sit on our couches and watch TV or watch YouTube and judge people based on what they have or don't have, right? You, right. you We don't know the circumstances around people's lives. Someone could have had a family member that they inherited money from. They could, you know, and I remember when, when some of these guys were being interviewed, some of these, you know, big pastors, they said, look, a lot of these things are gifts. They were like, you know, yeah, we have friends like Justin Bieber. And uh, I forgot the other young lady that Justin Bieber used to date. But she, Selena. Selena. Oh, my goodness. Selena. 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 Selena Gomez. People like that. You know, they have these, some of these people have celebrity friends and these friends buy them things, right? Because they're filthy rich and it's like a drop in the bucket for them to give somebody a pair of Yeezys or, or rare Jordans or whatever the case may be. Don't need to buy a boat. Just get a friend who has a boat. That's right. That's right. That's my mentality. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, why would, I'll tell you right now, if somebody were to give me something, yeah, I, I would graciously receive it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's some of these preachers, they were saying, look, these been these were gifts to me. You know, they're t- sometimes we'll go to get togethers or parties or something like that. They'll have gift bags and they'll have some of this stuff in it. Like, you know, it, it's just, again, we don't know where people get their things from and how they get them. I was telling Kyle before we got on the air, I'm the type of person who likes quality clothes. That's just who I am. I'm also a person who collects watches. So for me, if somebody were to look at my watch collection, they would, <laughs> you know, they would say, well, Kevin, I just can't believe you. Why, you know, I can't believe you're doing this. Why would you have 40 watches? Right. You know, but what they don't understand is all of the watches that I have, though some of them are expensive watches, those watches, I, none of those watches I bought at the regular price right? Same thing with my clothes. I like quality clothes because I don't want to buy clothes every month, right? Like I want to be able, I want my clothes to last, right? And so, but I've always been that way. Ever since I was 15 years old, I've always had an appreciation for quality clothes. And so someone could look at me and see the clothes that I wear and the watches that I wear and say, well, I can't believe you're a, you're whatever. And you wear this. You have zero idea what I paid for those, right? And so I think we have to be very careful. And some of these things were given to me as gifts. So again, we have to be very careful when we judge someone based on what we see as opposed to what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, I used to have, I used to manage a warehouse and my truck drivers would talk about how they bought Jordans and Yeezys and all these shoes for, I mean, hundreds of dollars cheaper. And then they were selling them. So they buy a pair of Jordans for 150 bucks, sell them for like 800 bucks. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So there's a, there's a market out there for that. And that's why I said, we just got to be cautious. I think there's, there's more on the line for those of us that are judging than there is for those that are purchasing at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And do I think, and I think Kyle and I both would agree on this, you know, we as pastors, as leaders, influencers, whatever, whoever we are. We should be careful and use wisdom when we do certain things, right? I, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, you hear the extravagance of, oh, this pastor paid for this penthouse suite at this hotel that was $10,000 a night. And, you know, all of the this crazy, lavish, you know, things. And guys, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on my soapbox here for a second, all right? Some mm-hmm. of this stuff. No one even has to see. We have this thing that we do on social media that eats me up. And it's every time we buy some stuff. (laughs) 
Kyle's Kyle's waving me. He's waving me like I'm in a in a black gospel church. Um, But um, but he but but if these are the things that get me, we have this idea that we every time we buy something, whether it's a house or whether it's a car or whether it's whatever, that we have to put it online. We have to put it on Instagram or Facebook and say, hey, look what God's blessed me with. Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed life. Right. You will never, never see me do that. And the reason why is not because I'm trying to hide something. But here's what I know that the other hundreds of people that are on my Facebook, they have no idea the circumstances from which I, I received those things or I bought yeah. that. They have zero idea. All yeah. they see is me saying, oh, I bought my wife a new car today, hashtag blessed. And then they sit there and they go, wow, man, life must be really good for them. Man, I wish things were better for me. I wish I, you know, you know, and husbands are looking at other guys on, on Facebook and what they're getting their wives and surprising their wives with. Like, and guys, am I saying that it's right, that it's wrong and we can't do that? Of course not. You can do whatever you want. What I am saying, it is not always wise to promote or to tout what you're buying and all of these type of things. The only time it's wise is if you hashtag the post with name it, claim it. <laughs> I'm just, dude, I'm just, compl- <laughs> dude, I'm in a different level today. I'm sorry. Oh my god. That's goodness. a joke. People, that's a joke. People, that's a joke. You know, yeah, that's funny. Um, but you know, I look at it and say, because people say things like, well, hashtag blessed, right? Yeah. So it kind of gives this idea that if the other person doesn't have it, that somehow they're not blessed. Because we have this thing where we tie financial gain to God's favor or God's blessing solely. Right. It's like, well, if you've got all this money, then you God is favoring you over this other person. Right. And it's like, no, I work really, really hard for the things that I get. Right. I look I look at my own career. Yes. Do I buy? Go ahead. I'm sorry, but I I just feel like in the the same post that says hashtag blessed, you you may not know, but that person may just put themselves in debt. Right. In which case, in which case, I would say that purchase is not a blessing. Amen. And, and so, you know what I'm saying? And so you can't, yes. you can't, you can't equate it with that. You just can't. Because here's the deal. We are all going to be richly blessed by the father. Like he, if we are sons and daughters of God, he is going to bless his children. But that's up to God. That's, that's, not, that's not up to us. And, and here's the deal. What we deem as a blessing the same way in the, in the same instance, and I'm going to preach on Jonah in a few weeks, but you... We look at the whale as punishment instead of provision. And yeah. I think sometimes we look at blessings, as certain things as blessings, and, and, and in most cases, they could be hindrances, and they could deter us from what God actually wants. There's a lot of people buying vehicles and houses and things of that nature that are putting them in debt, and that just, they didn't need to do it. And so you, the hashtag is so surface, and yeah. It is. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it, no, you make a good point. You know, if, yeah, if that person has just bought, you know, their boat or four wheelers or their new car or whatever, and that was bought with, with, and it was all in debt, mm-hmm. I don't think hashtag blessed is the proper hashtag for that, right? It's just not because the Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender. And I'm not, look, I'm not judging anybody. I'm not perfect and neither is anybody else. What I am saying is, when we when we post things like that, and 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 what is happening is preachers, and the reason why I got on this is because some pastors do this, right? We had yeah. a very prominent pastor not that long ago who mm-hmm. bought his wife, I believe, was a Ferrari, and put it on Facebook and Instagram, and then got a ton of backlash and had to come back out and say and explain how they got it. He's like, well, you know, I was on a TV show, so we have money coming from that. And then we have other money coming from this other business venture and like all of these things. Well, you wouldn't have to explain that if you didn't feel the need to show everybody what you got. Right. Mm -hmm. There's just it. it, We just I, I feel like and even from a heart stance issue, we just have to be careful. You know why? No one needs to know I bought my wife a car. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you see her in it and you like it, tell her you like it, right? 
but I don't need you to give me likes on Facebook because of all the things, right? And so I think we just have to use wisdom, especially as pastors. You know, I have, you know, we have to use, you, I think you should use wisdom just in your everyday life. But if you're a pastor, you have to even use even more wisdom. And so I think as a parishioner, we shouldn't tell our pastors how to spend their money. But as a pastor, I believe that we should use wisdom in how we present the things that we have, right? I think that's, and I think that's a good, a good balance. You know, I remember, being at a church a few years ago in Detroit. And for those of you that don't live in Michigan, Detroit is one of the crime capitals of the U.S. I mean, it's just a very, unfortunately, uh, it's a very impoverished, there's a lot of very impoverished, there's some really nice areas of Detroit. So I don't want to broad brush Detroit and say there's not nice areas, but there are a lot of areas that are very underserved and, and, and people are just struggling, which is just so sad. And yeah. I was, I was, I went to a church one night because someone had asked me to come and they, they were having a concert and they were singing in this concert. And so I went and I remember coming, I remember where we got out and I came outside and I was just standing there on the sidewalk talking to a couple of people and the pastor, he, he, he gets ready to leave the church. And when I tell you this was a bad part of Detroit, it was, I mean, it was like really bad kind of bombed out part of Detroit, truly. He leaves from the alleyway in a Rolls Royce. Now, if you don't know what a Rolls Rolls Royce is, it's a $250,000 to $300,000 car, okay? Now, I don't think his was brand new, all right? Now, immediately, my knee-jerk reaction was, I cannot believe that he is driving out of the alley in this bombed out part of Detroit in a Rolls Royce when there are people who are getting ready to walk down the street and catch the bus, right? Public transportation. You know, this is not New York. We don't have it mass, you know, we don't have transit like that, right? This is not the subway. This is not a downtown area. This is the middle of a neighborhood. These people need, they're going to try to get home and they're going to get on the bus to go home, but he's driving a Rolls, Rolls Royce. Now, that was my knee-jerk reaction. Does he have the right as a pastor or as just as a person? Forget the pastor part. Does he have a right to drive a Rolls Royce? Absolutely. If he's earned that money and he's earned it fair and he didn't steal and cheat to get it, he, he, he earned it fair and square. Now, here's where the wisdom part comes in. Do you think it's wise for a pastor who is, has a congregation that most of them are probably in either at the poverty level or below the poverty level, do you think it's wise for you to drive your Rolls, your Rolls Royce to the church? I don't think so. Like, uh-uh. you know, like, and again, could you have one? Sure. But why would you drive it to church? Again, not saying that he can't. And this is what we have to understand. But I believe that there, there is wisdom that comes with these type of things, you know, and it's because it may, here's what it does. The other thing is it makes a lot of people think that the majority of pastors, when they look at TVN and God TV and Daystar, and they see all the televangelists with their drippy drip, their iced out whatever's on, right? Everything but gold teeth. And, you know, they're, they're king and queen chairs and their purple hair and they're all of the things, right? When they see that, it makes them feel like that's what Christianity is with it. But within, but let me tell you what the reality of it is, right? I'm going to give you some statistics. Most churches in the United States are under 200 people. Most churches, okay? which they couldn't afford. If you have a congregation of 200 or less, you're not going to be able to afford to pay your pastor a ton of money. That's just all it is to it, right? According to ZipRecruiter, and, and ZipRecruiter got this, this, these um, numbers from ADP, which is a payroll company, right? The average salary for a pastor, wait for it, is 38000 a year. That's the average salary of a pastor. Mm -hmm. If you look at Indeed, 
Indeed, their average is 42.8. So right around the same amount of money with, you know, give or take a couple of thousand dollars, right? So you got $38,000 and $42,000, all right? And if, if we gr- get granular with that and say, what's the average salary of a pastor in, in Michigan specifically? It's 31000 or fourteen ninety six an hour. So when you look at the church, all right, so if you're unsaved, saved, whatever you are, right? And you look you at- You realize- Yeah, go ahead. Pastors make less serving up sermons than people do serving up burgers. Yeah. Yep. And we have the audacity to police their purchases. Yeah. I can make more at Cedar Point through the summer than the average pastor makes it in uh, Michigan. Yes. And the average pastor works anywhere from 60... Oh, it don't stop. ...to 70 hours a week. And this is no joke. We're, we're both pastors. We've both been... I, for many years, and I'll tell you right now, and Kyle, I, I know he has his stories... You know, uh, and I'm not say- I'm saying this only for the sake of this conversation, but, you know, I, I went through 10 years of ministry, nine years, nine years, nine years of ministry with zero pay, zero, yep. zero. Yep. And I was, and, 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 and I preached and I counseled and I led worship and I, all the things, right? All the things. My weekends were taken up by prepping for sermons and, and and mm-hmm. my nights were taken up. I couldn't even spend a ton of time with my family. And I was getting zero dollars. Yeah, and that was almost to be expected, I bet. Because oh, yeah. you're a pastor, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah you're a pastor. Yeah, so you, you're probably bivocational or that's just a job you do for free and then you got a full-time job on the side. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me to think that, to think how scrutinize the position of the pastor is yet how depended on people are for that position Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah oh yeah and so that's that's what i'm saying is listen we obviously i agree like look if you're gonna buy a private jet as a pastor if you're gonna wear five thousand pair of shoes five thousand dollar pair of shoes as a pastor let's just take the word pastor out of it and just say look if you're gonna buy a jet or if you're gonna buy a five thousand dollar pair of shoes are you it's just, where's your heart at? Are you stewarding that money well? And if you are, hey, I'll applaud you because you're doing some things right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. But in the same token, we can't just make it acceptable for those that are struggling financially because the money just ain't there either. And so there's just, there's a, there's a heart, you got to check your heart and even in the judgment of all of that as well. Yeah. And I, we don't agree. And I'll tell you right now, it, it, we don't agree with the, and this nowhere biblical, nowhere biblical. And it actually makes my blood boil when I hear things like when people are watching TV, these televangelists, and they're saying things like, I need you to give $1,000 in the next 10 minutes. And if you give $1,000 in the next 10 minutes, God's going to do. Listen, 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 listen. God has instructed us to give our tithes. God has instructed us that if we have things left over outside of our tithes, then we should we should give free will offering. This is what God has instructed us to do. There has never been anywhere in scripture where God has commanded anybody to give a thousand dollars based on Psalms, whatever, in, in the next 10 minutes. And if you do that, God's going to send you a hundred thousand, right? When you hear things like that, that my friend, is not the gospel. If you're donating to a televangelist and they've promised you something with your purchase, I want to turn you to a New Testament story of Jesus flipping tables in the uh, temple. Yeah. Because they were selling sacrifices to, to the people. Yeah. That would be the time that God's angry. Yes. Don't purchase, <laughs> don't purchase something online from a televangelist that is selling you something so you can get a double portion of something else. (laughs) There is so much unbiblical in that sentence alone. We have to not only judge people enough to be stewards of their money, but you have to be good stewards of yours as well. A lot of these pastors that we see that are making bad decisions financially are also being supported by people that are making bad financial decisions, regular lay people. And so we just need to understand scripture, guys, and understand that as a church, regardless of purchases, non-purchases, regardless of salary, not salary, it's a kingdom mindset. 
Yeah. People are in these positions because they, they genuinely start out in these positions because they genuinely love people and love God. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is, I, I think, you know, when I look at this, you know, and Kyle was talking about it, you know, if somebody's trying to sell you blessed water, if somebody's trying to sell you a handkerchief that has, you know, and don't get me wrong. Is some of that biblical? You know, you 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 know the Bible says you'll lay hands on the sick; they shall recover. Yep. All the things we yeah. believe, all of those things. But if somebody is trying to sell you a handkerchief with their sweat on it, because it's I'm being facetious here in a sense, but I'm not right. If they're trying to sell you something with oil on it and say, "Well, you send me a hundred dollars, and I'm going to send you this handkerchief that has." you know, oil from Jerusalem on it, and you buy it, guys, I'm telling you, that's not biblical. God has never called us to sell healings, to sell prophecies, right? I, I remember when I was a senior pastor where people would come up to me with letters, letters from some of these snakes on television, and they would say things like, and I read, literally read one. And, 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 you know, one of my parishioners came up to me and said, Pastor, what do you think about this? I just got this from, you know, this certain person. I'm not going to name them, their name, but they're very famous. And what the letter basically said, gave them a prophecy, but it was not the complete prophecy. And then what they said was they had this little round disc type thing in the middle of the letter. And she was supposed to cut it out. And put it under her dining room table in the center, like tape it under the dining room table. And if, as long as she did that, then God's presence, it was going to come. But in order for her to get the rest of the prophecy and for God to really move, she had to send an offering to this person. I looked at that particular person and I said, this is not of God. Do not put anything under your kitchen table. Don't send this person a dime because the gospel of God is not for sale. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's just not for sale. Right. And so we, we, again, when you see these things, people are in error. Right. And so, you know, when you see the televangelists and they're, you know, flying in there, you know, they're asking you for money because they want to get an $80 million jet. Right. We, we heard that. And, and I'll just name them because they're so ridiculous that it's time to name them. But people like Creflo Dollar, Creflo Dollar asking for 70 million or 80 million dollars for a jet that he wanted to buy. Jesse Duplantis, the same thing. Kenneth Copeland, same thing. These guys, I'm telling you, folks, read the word. This is not biblical. If your name is if your last name is Dollar. Stop. And you're also a, and you're also a prosperity gospel preacher. Stop! 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 He, hey! He doesn't mean that. He doesn't mean that. He's being funny. Listen, I'm being funny today, folks. Yeah, he's being funny. But I, I and I say this. I, I truly say this in all seriousness. And because I'm not against people, right? I, I don't. I don't know Kenneth Copeland. I don't know Creflo Dollar. I don't know T.D. Jakes. I don't know Peter Popoff. I don't know some of these other guys, Jerry, Jen whatever, J Leroy Jenkins. I don't know. I think he might not be still around. But all of these people, right, who, who, who do these type of things, okay, I'm not, I don't know them personally. So right. I am not attacking them as people. I'm sure they're fine people, right? What I am attacking is spiritual and biblical error. There is nowhere in scripture that says that God is going, that everyone is going to be rich. You know, Creflo Dollar has a book that says God, I, I forgot the exact words of the, the name of the book, but it's essentially the name of the book is, it's God's will for you to be rich. And it's like, that's the, this, the name of the book is, is, is not true. Like it, it, there's nowhere in scripture there that it, that it says that. So again, you know, these are the kinds of things that causes people to, for Christianity repels them because they're like, if it's all about that, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I'm telling you, if you are a non-Christian listening to this show, that is not biblical. And Jesus would not, and Kyle alluded to it earlier. Jesus went into the temple 
and they were selling sacrifices for a for an absorbent amount is what they were doing because they knew that people needed them to make sacrifices in the temple so they were selling them for an exorbitant amount jesus was mad he flipped over their tables and he said listen this house shall be a house of prayer but you've made it a den of thieves you're stealing money from god's people and i will say it like i've said it on other shows is that god he literally, you see him in scripture, Jesus, excuse me, gets more upset at so-called religious people than he does sinners, right? He expects sinners to do things. He just say, he goes to up to them, touches them, heals them, and says, hey, go sin no more, right? He talks to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and, and all these other leaders of the law and in, and in the church, and he calls them whitewashed tombs. He calls them serpents and snakes, right? He calls them all kinds of things. Why? Because they're twisting the word of God and trying to use it for their benefit. Mm -hmm. And so if you are in one of these churches or you are, you know, you see these type of things on TV, I'm telling you, run, run fast, because this is not scripture. And you say, well, but it seems to be working. The guy, the guy up front, man, he's got, he's got, he says, if I give, God's going to do this and God's going to do that. And man, I, I got to sow a seed and I got to put a, my address on the back of the envelope. So God will know. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. Me and my wife tease about that sometimes, you know, because we've been under people who they say, put your address on the back of your envelope so that God knows where to send the blessing. I literally cannot. God knows exactly where I live. I don't have to put my trust on anything. Now, with all of that said, folks, should we give? Absolutely. Should we be faithful with our tithes and offering? Yes, we should. But we give not to get. We give because it is an act of worship. We're saying, God, you've blessed me. This is not mine. You've asked for me to give 10% of my end so the church can move forward so that we can give money to missionaries, that's why we give, not so we can get something back, right? So, you know, that, that's, the, that's, that's the thing. So, guys, I, I know we hear this a lot, and it's debated. People say, you know, they say, well, I just don't believe how it's right for a pastor to have a jet and have a Ferrari and have all this. Listen, I struggle with that, too. I, I just feel like it's not wise. But we have to be careful not to go on the other side to say pastors should not make any money, that take a vow of poverty, you know, and, and just barely make it, right? You know, you, and, and I encourage you to, to look up you know, some of the statistics, you know, they, you know of, of how many hours pastors work. <laughs> it's, it, it's a lot. And they need your prayers. They need your support. They need your help. They need your encouragement not your criticism. They need your, they, th th that's what they need from you. And so guys, I just encourage you if, you, you, if you see your pastor on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever you, Saturday night, whenever you guys have church, you know, go up to your pastor, let them know how much you appreciate them. Let them know that you appreciate all the things that they do, right? And always being there, because I tell you right now, they do a lot of, a lot of work. And so Kyle, Hope we have listeners after this show. <laughs> yes. Hey, hey, listen, if you don't agree, if you do, you, you're not understanding anything we're covering or if you want us to go a little deeper in some specifics, especially when it comes to finances and what the Bible says about it, there's a perfect place for you to have this discussion with us. Facebook or Instagram, message us, comment, Thinking Out Loud podcast on Facebook or on Facebook, you can find us at Thinking Out Loud podcast fans. Instagram, thinking underscore out loud. The loud is spelled just with an L and a D. So thinking underscore out loud. And you can find us on both of those pages, thinking out loud media, uh, uh, thinking out loud media.com. And you can get, get with us on the website as well. We would love to talk to you guys. We do this because of that. We love people and we yeah. love the word of God and we love bringing both of those together. So guys, uh, and I, I know. I know that that we get a little bit excited, whatever you want to call it on here. We, Saucy. We, we get, yeah. You, you have to know, I absolutely love you. 
Like, I don't want to see you in going down the wrong path. I don't want you to be deceived. The worst deception, in my opinion, in the world is to be spiritually deceived. You can, somebody can deceive you in the natural and as you know, they might deceive you and you're out of a couple thousand dollars or, or, you know, you thought someone was going to do something. They didn't keep your word. That that's totally different. But listen, spiritual deception has eternal consequences. And if you don't know what the Bible actually says and you don't research it for yourself because Mm. you trust us, those of us that are ministers of the gospel, you trust us. Because you don't understand how maybe to study the, the, the commentaries and the hermeneutics and the systematic theology and all of these things. You trust us. That's why it makes me angry when people take the precious word of God, twist it, and make it fit their own, their own ideologies so that it can benefit them. The word of God is too precious for that. And I and Kyle and I, our desire for this whole podcast is that you can have a place where you can land and receive the truth, Mm -hmm. where you can say, you know what? And you might not always agree with it. Right. Right. But you can at least say, you know what? One thing I know about those guys are those guys are passionate about taking good care of the truth Mm -hmm. and saying what they believe and not doing it for popularity, because if we would change our message. Though God has blessed us, we would be way more popular sooner, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but we're not going to change our message. I will not get on this show and lie to you. I am not, not, not to my knowledge, not knowingly, I will not get on this show and try to, to make you or to say something to make you feel good. The truth doesn't always feel good, but it is good. So, guys, like I say, we, we're excited. We've got some great shows coming up. We've got some great guests coming up. We're going to continue to do this every week. And reach us, reach out to us. Reach out to us. Let We want to hear from you. We love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week. Yeah.